0: Oh, we're live! (laughs) There he is. Welcome to to Pod to
1: Destruction. Ah, yes. I promise the rest of the show is going to be better than my start there. Um, I'm the guest host, RJ Bates the Third, filling in for uh, Potter. Our boys out there learning how to be a realtor at the Real Conference. Uh, Good (laughs)
2: luck, Potter. Uh,
1: Looking forward to today's episode, especially considering the fact that after three victories in a row, they pushed me be the host and I can no longer compete. So if you don't know how the show works, we're gonna have six questions, five of which are pre-selected, one of which is directly from you guys, the audience. The guys will have 45 seconds, roughly, to answer. And then after that, they'll have a couple minutes to debate and then I will choose whoever answered the best. If I can't decide, which I rarely struggle with this, I'll take it to the chat. And whoever wins the chat vote will get the point. Let's start off today by introductions. EB, Eric, how are you doing today, man? Great low energy kickoff to the call today, RJ. I'm already <laughs> half asleep. Thanks, Jimmy. You can shut up. We're uh, introducing Eric Brewer. Now. <laughs> Eric, you're muted, bro.
3: That's uh, a great start. Just to the
1: show. tell,
0: we, we got to get this out of the gate. Um, Let's tell Jimmy his name for the rest of the show is going to be Robert sorry, much like (laughs) Robert Corey who played for the Spurs. But since he has a little cold sore on his lip for the remainder of the show, um, we're just going to focus um, on on that. The best is he's like, yeah, it was a jujitsu accident. Like, come on, man. Anyway, uh, am I supposed to come on a podcast and say it's the herp. Like, (laughs) yes, we lead with vulnerability and transparency here. Right. so um anyway uh happy to be here uh good to see rj uh shout out to potter learning
1: to be a real estate agent i hope he's having some success (laughs) there you go uh mr train how are you doing today
3: uh steve Train real estate disruptors we help you solve sales problems uh great start to the show i watched mr beast video this morning talking about how important the first five seconds is like the most critical thing in any youtube video so uh, we had 10 subscribers when we started, 10 people watching live when we started, and right after RJ's intro went down to four. So it's going to be a great show. I'm looking forward to this.
1: Awesome. You're probably not going to win today.
3: CJ, the reason why we
1: all started 12 minutes late.
2: How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, man. I'm feeling rested, <laughs> um, patient, uh, feeling timely. Uh, so it's, uh, it's good to be here. Good to see everybody. Jimmy, I hope you're doing well. Um, let's get to it.
1: Yeah. yeah. And up next, we have PTD's version of John Fetterman. How you doing, Jimmy? <laughs> hey there. Uh, Robert Sorry here. I've also lately,
4: my latest affiliate agreement has been with Valtrax. So uh, jimmybreland.com slash Valtrax if you have any stores you need to take care of. <laughs> oh, man.
1: All right. Let's get into it. Uh, question number one. Lately, many music fans have been criticizing the unsudden and unreasonable increase in concert ticket prices in the past year. For real estate investors, what's a reasonable price for attending a live event slash mastermind to improve their business? Eric, uh,
0: I think there is no maximum price. Um, you know, at the end of the day, if we're talking about Uh, a real estate mastermind, a real estate meetup, a mentor, uh, whatever it may be, if you're getting value out of it, uh, I wouldn't put any uh, cap on it. If I can go there and spend $100,000 to be surrounded by people for three days that I get $200,000 worth of value out of, as an investor, anything that I can see an ROI on is a wise investment regardless of the price. Um, So I don't think there's a cap you can put on it. It's all about what you get out of it.
1: All
3: right interesting
1: steve what about
3: you well unfortunately i i see a lot of similarities between my answer and eric's it really comes down to what you believe you're going to get out of it right if you're if you go into a mastermind thinking it's going to help you add this much top line and eventually bottom line to uh your business then you know a multiple a fraction of that should be what you what you'd be willing to invest i'll give you an example here Uh, a long long time ago when i was trying to get pace morby to sell me his deals he was telling me he was going to the Sandler office, right? Where all the home guys are hanging out every Friday. For me personally, I was willing to spend $20,000 to be in that room because there, I know there's no way I'm not going to do at least one 20 K deal in that room in the next 12 months. So I think it just ultimately comes down to what you think you'll get out of that mastermind.
1: So we just found out that Steve's one deal he does a year is $20,000. Yes, that's what we found. <laughs> got it.
3: Vulnerability, vulnerability, and authenticity.
1: <laughs> CJ, what about you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you're paying for experience, right? Uh, if you're going to a mastermind or a meetup, you're paying for the experience gained uh, from that, just like going to a, a big time concert. So, you know, I think you pay whatever you need to pay that you can afford uh, to get in the room and then actually have money left over to take action on the information that's given. Uh, I think you got to make sure that you're able to lead with value. Uh, when you go to these types of things, but I don't think there's a price on it. You know, uh, whatever that experience has worked to you, uh, I think you spend the money and make sure you get yourself in the room and you take full advantage of, 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 making sure you live that experience. All right,
1: Jimmy, the, uh, the floor is wide open for you to actually answer the question here.
4: <laughs> I would like to see a clear pathway to double my money. So if it's 25, like, Oh, can I do two or three deals make my money back pretty quick? Especially when you're starting out and maybe cash might be tight, I'd say you want to see a clear pathway to double your
3: money. I'll say this. So uh Chris Jefferson over here invited me to go hang out with him at ClickFunnels in, in Orlando, Florida. And then he stood me up. Right. But it was <laughs> a thousand bucks right to go to ClickFunnels. And there was one thing I took away there that I already know is gonna make me an extra six figures, right? In the next year. So, like, what is a worthwhile investment? For me, a thousand dollars was a steal to take away that one thing I learned right so I think when people go in there like oh it costs too much if your attitude or if your focus is on cost I have one thing and this is not gonna be a popular thing but you're just gonna stay broke if you're focused strictly on cost you're not focused on value you have unconsciously put a, a limit on how much money you can make
0: So yeah. I have on a side note, I'd like to maybe make a suggestion about how we could earn extra points. And it's to come up with a funny nickname for Jimmy in, in, in alignment with his current lip situation. So I have one here in the vein of real estate. I would say that he does self-sorage, uh, self storage, self or like storage self storage uh i have other ones but that's my one for round one i think i should get some consideration for bonus points
4: well i actually had an intelligent thought while eric was going on but for a mastermind in particular like the way you get your roi is you get out of that room and you actually implement whatever one thing you learn like steve whatever you learned at click funnels you know great that you had this uh epiphany but It's a, would you agree it's on you to implement and make sure you get that return?
3: Oh, for sure. I mean, I took that concept and I implemented it right away.
4: Cause like there are, there are mastermind junkies that I think they love being infotained and they never really execute and whatever their one thing is. So, uh,
2: if you, if you're spending money to go somewhere like an event, meetup, mastermind, whatever, uh, you should have a game plan, right? You should be going to that event. Uh, or mastermind with one, with some sort of game plan on what you're looking to extract from it uh, and a plan on how you plan to do that. You know, you should be looking at who the speakers are. You should be looking at uh, who's holding the mastermind. You should be vetting that person out, seeing do they have the information that you need. Is it going to be available at this particular event? Uh, and then you go in uh, in a targeted way and you you extract it.
3: Yeah, I think intention is absolutely important. key. Go ahead, uh, Steve. Yeah, I'll say intention is absolutely key. And to Chris's credit, even though he stood me up completely, for a drake concert you left early you left early he stood me up for a drake concert what he did do was he did send me a really well thought out i was like hey here's if i were you here's how i would attack this event so to his credit he did do that
4: and then most importantly after hours you want to keep it clean because you don't want to end up in any type of situation where you have lip sores
1: (laughs) good point (laughs) good point all right so so what I'm going to say after this is, is first and foremost, I want to know why I wasn't invited to any of this stuff that CJ invited <laughs> Steve to. Okay. So there's definitely no way CJ's getting the point. Um, you were doing YouTube lives. Coco. Oh, uh, there you go. Um, <laughs> I, I would say all of y'all's answers were pretty similar. What I enjoyed the most about Jimmy's is, is he gave specific, Hey, I want to understand how I'm going to get my money back and how I'm going to double it that also really appreciate the part about, hey, you need to implement. So point to Jimmy on this one. What about Um, keeping it clean? Yeah, there you go. Question number two, what's your favorite type of property to purchase? Jimmy.
4: Beautiful Midwestern, 1200 square feet, three bedroom, two baths. just, Just beautiful hiding in plain sight wealth producers. I love them. They rent out for like 1200 bucks. The rent goes up like 70 bucks a year. It's glorious, it's the greatest wealth producer hiding in plain sight.
1: There you go, better known to the west, the rest of the world as ship boxes. But okay, <laughs> we appreciate that, Jimmy. Um, Eric, what but about you'll you?
4: Notice in any market fluctuation, no one in St. Louis is pissing and moaning because it just continues to pump, it doesn't go up, it doesn't go down. It's beautiful,
0: just continues to pump. Eric, what about you? Uh, what Jimmy didn't mention about the $1,200 a month rent is that's a six unit in St. Louis <laughs> <laughs> total rents are 1200 and each of them are three bedrooms. Um, I would say, um, uh, for me, uh, I'm in the Northeast. Uh, when I get a phone call about a three bed, two bath brick rancher, um, on a third of an acre where we are, uh, there's literally a buyer, a tenant cash conventional, I can do anything with that house. Um, so in my particular market, a rancher is super high in demand. Um, we always say that it's a great first or last house, right? Where someone's buying their first house, they need something affordable. Ranchers generally around here about 1,100 square feet. And then when you're downsizing and maybe you're getting elderly and probably have cash, which we like, right? Um, it's a good last house because they don't want to deal with steps. So for me, it's a, it's a small, less than 1,600 square foot
1: brick rancher. All right, Steve, pretend like you bought properties before. Which <laughs> one's your favorite to purchase? <laughs>
3: I will I will readily admit I'm not going to win this one because I don't have an avatar for a house I really only have a few simple criteria I'm looking for a 3-2 at median and below and not too far away from the middle of the city right because for me all I'm looking at is this something that will move no matter what's going on in the market right markets going up markets going down I'm always going to save at median below because people always need to buy and sell the thing that's always scared me is if it needs if it's up well above median or it needs a significant amount of work i don't want to buy those properties i want i don't want to deal with major rehabs i don't want to deal with what we're dealing with right now when interest rate spikes it's harder to move when it's above median. so for me i'm not as crystal clear as these uh two gentlemen i'm looking at three two, uh medium price and below and not too far from the middle of the city
1: all right what about you cj uh
2: when i hear this question I, the first thought i had was you know more long-term stuff Um, You know, for me, man, uh, anything under $100,000 across the country that's in more densely populated areas uh, where you would call or consider, you know, it has population growth trajectory. Uh, There's a lot of activity happening in these areas. Um, I'm looking for houses under $100,000, right? Merging market, uh, population growth is on the uptick. uh, And it lets me know that regardless of what part of the cycle I get in on, uh, there's going to be some appreciation down the road that I'll be able to take advantage of. And those are definitely my favorite type of houses to pick up.
3: I just wanted to go on the record that Chris Jefferson is the cause of lack of affordability in housing. (laughs) He is going out there buying 100K houses so poor people or less wealthy people can buy houses. I just want to put that out there and just let it marinate. can
1: I get (laughs) clarification on your answer? Are
3: you saying
1: the value is... Below a hundred thousand, or the purchase price.
2: No, 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 purchase price, purchase price. All right. Yeah, purchase price is under a hundred thousand uh, dollars. Yeah, the, I mean, yield on those is is better than you're going to get anywhere else. Uh, I think that's kind of what Jimmy's saying, right, about St. Louis and what he's doing out there. I mean, by far, they're the best type of properties to pick up, in my
3: opinion. So we need to crucify people like CJ. Is the is the lesson I'm taking from this? Well, see, I look, don't know, been, CJ. Like
4: fine. I like, I like my market, but some days I get a little envious. I want to go play in the big leagues, like RJ. Like Dallas seems like really awesome and hard, and only the best can survive there. It's
3: really awesome until you pay property taxes. <laughs> <laughs> it's only like five or ten percent of the property value.
1: Yeah, that's it. <laughs>
3: Any so other do I have a
0: to volunteer round two funny name for Jimmy because they're speaking <laughs> a list? And uh, shout out Chris Jefferson. He'll know who this person is. I don't know that anybody else here is as connected um, that me and CJ are, but I'm going to go round two. My name for Jimmy is Hustle Simmons, um, a historic <laughs> – Hip-hop legend, uh, one of the innovators uh, of, of, of rap as we know it, a true entrepreneur. <laughs> I think he deserves a place in round two. I'm going Puzzle Simmons uh, for round two.
3: Yeah, a, a serial oh, sexual go. harassing producer. Perfect. That's, that's, he, that's, that's what we're going to go with for Jimmy on this one.
0: Did Russell get canceled? Supposedly. Supposedly.
4: I like that guy. That's a shame he got canceled. So
3: All accusations right. are pretty
1: strong. All right, let, let's let's move on to the list. Simmons. <laughs> I think we've heard enough of that. Uh um, So
4: Eric, are you like brainstorming notes for each round? Is that, I see yeah. you doing a lot of writing right now.
1: <laughs> yes. I yes. wish Eric would put half as much effort in his answers as he is the nicknames he's coming up hey, with. You anyway. want to
0: serve a purpose here, RJ. We'll tell you what yours
1: is <laughs> next Thursday. <laughs> uh I'm going to go with on this one, I'm, I'm going to go with how specific he was with his buying criteria. I'm going to give Jimmy the point again. Um, I like CJ's answer, but it was just too vague. I mean, it's just hey, under 100,000 in, in a growing city. So I'm going to go with Jimmy on this one. Question number three, when looking for deals and sellers, what are your criteria for qualifying and disqualifying a deal? Jimmy?
4: Uh, own a house, can make a decision, and willing to sell the house in the next ninety days. Uh, I'm sorry, I wish I had a better answer, but I kind of stole that directly from Brewer. like we go on uh, we've adopted the Brewer method of going on every appointment possible.
1: riveting answer as always, Jimmy yeah. guess how we're you have all out of
0: specifics He blew out all his specific ACL on question two. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, There's
4: been that that discussion. Like, do you disqualify any appointments? And if it hits those three criteria, we go.
0: This could actually be a a lengthy conversation. Um, I, I think the least amount of qualifying you do for sellers, the better. The more qualifying you do for a deal, the better. And there's a little bit of both of these in the question, right? It actually says deals and sellers. I think too many people over qualify. Sellers, they think they have to be motivated. Well, what's your definition of motivation? Everybody has a different reason why they might be willing to sell a house at a discount. Um, Everybody says, like even Jimmy, we got to stop with the 90 days unless you're only planning to do business for the next 90 days. You should be out meeting people that might be thinking about selling four months to 40 months from now and starting to establish a relationship that puts you top of mind. So when they are ready, you're the person that they're more likely to contact when it comes to the deal. Uh, now we got to get much more specific, um, much like what 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 Steve talked about. Uh, Chris and Jimmy, actually everybody but me, on the last question is how specific we get when we want to get a deal. Uh, too often people try and throw things against the wall and hope that it sticks. They get locked up in a a, a bad deal because they didn't qualify enough. And it should be bed, baths, location, condition, um, size of renovation, and uh, exit price. Right? Like for us, we're staying at or below medium price right now so less qualifying sellers more qualifying deals
3: like that answer steve what about you i'm really looking at for sellers just motivation and a little bit of equity right they have to sell if they have to sell they're somewhere they need to be i think so many uh uh, people that are trying to wholesale or buy these houses like oh they want to sell that's great the reality (coughs) is 90 plus percent of the population will never sell their houses to someone like us Right, so for us, we're looking for someone that has to sell. They've got motivation. There's a life event. A life event has occurred where they need, where they need money now. That's all we're looking for. There's there's all these other qualifications. I see these uh, other people talking about. I think if you're over qualifying, people lie to you on the phone. People is just straight lie to you on the phone. If you believe everything you they, they tell you, you will over the prospect. I just need to know that you have to sell, or you have there's someone you, where you need to be.
1: All right. What about you, CJ?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, on on deals, we're looking for people that have a sense of motivation. They have a timeline that they're looking to sell that fits within, generally speaking, 30, 60 or 90 days. Uh, We've been doing this long enough to know that any leads a deal if you know how to make it a deal. And so for us, we're just looking at what our buy buckets are, whether it's innovation, whether it's a seller finance wrap that we're looking to do uh, a fix and flip or rental property, whatever bucket that we're trying to fit it in or that it shows us that it fits in rather. Uh, we're going to go uh, qualified to fit in that particular bucket Uh, but that starts with is there a motivation to actually sell the property and accept an offer uh, and a discounted offer at that right Uh, and is there a timeline that they're actually looking to move forward in the transaction and for us we try to identify people that are looking to sell within 30 60 90 days
3: Well, and that's i guess that's it I mean, I
1: mean no, no discussion whatsoever no, Eric, well jimmy's wrong like a, jimmy's Eric, wrong but i can't like tell a, you
3: exactly where why or why he's wrong
1: so when
4: you say qualifying like everybody has that ideal beautiful three two like let's say somebody calls they're motivated and they have a one one is it my my mindset is if we can get it low enough we'll we'll find a way to sell it like is that
0: uh or yeah, the difficult part anymore? with a The difficult part with a 1 1 is what is low enough. There's probably very little to no comps. Um, You know, generally, when you stay at or around the median price, there's more buyers, there's more comps, it's easier to predict. And this is where we get tough into like whether you're talking about wholesale or not. Like a lot of wholesalers are going to say, lock it up, shop it. And as long as you're clear about due diligence, like if you take two weeks and try and sell it and there's no buyers, no big deal. Um, But I think when we're very loose about the language of what is cheap enough for a 1 1 Jimmy. If you're keeping it, that's up to you. You're like, hey, maybe I can get $80 a night rent in St. Louis on this one bedroom, one bath. And, you know, that works out to be a couple hundred bucks a month. But um, I think the the more loose we become with the style of property we buy, the more difficult it is to responsibly disposition it. And that's how we end up getting stuck or backing out of a deal at the final, you know, the final hour.
4: Like, how far will you guys come off that ideal three, two, below 1600?
0: Oh, very. It just it becomes more difficult to establish an exit price as you move away from the median or comps um, because you're making an educated guess. like what's the difference between a two bed and a one bed? Is it half since it's got half the number of bedrooms? I don't know. Um, there's generally not comps for one bedroom, one bath, at least not where, where, where I'm from. They, they don't have one bed, one bath, like newer construction condos or something like that. It just gets really hard to project what ARV or an exit price would be.
2: Yeah, but I I think that comes down to exit strategy, right? Like if if I'm looking to do a seller finance wrap and it's a free and clear, uh, I don't have any PG on it uh, and it's a one one and I feel like I can wrap it to somebody, create some margin uh, upfront down payment. I can create some cash flow as well. Like I'm going to take that deal and I'm going to run it. Right. Um, But my point is ultimately, and I think we're all saying the same thing, is you have to have some sort of buy box, like a pre-designated buy box. When I run into investors out here that are newer into the business, they have no concept of what they're actually looking for. Uh, they, they have actually really no clue at all. They just want to do a deal. So they're at every RIA meeting, they're uh, commenting their email on every single Facebook post where somebody says they've got a deal. Uh, they have no targeted effort on what they're looking for. So I, th- I think the true point really is to make sure you have some sort of actual buy box that fits your business that you can actually put it in your buy buckets and make money from. So, so we
3: didn't yeah. talk want interest rates or cash flow. Interesting.
1: Oh God, Steve. You just keep it keep it going from last week, huh? Steve, Dillon, uh, it depends
0: what my net is. Yeah. <laughs> that's there
1: the only thing go. that matters.
0: Watch it, Eric.
1: Yeah. Watch it now. I'm about to give you the point. So keep your mouth. Hold shut
0: on. It, okay? Hold on. Hold on. For this round, um, I would say I for Jimmy. Um, we're gonna go football since we just kicked off football this week. And I'm gonna go with a um, uh previous pittsburgh steelers quarterback by the name of bubby blister uh his actual (laughs) name was bubby brister but for today we're going jimmy vreeland uh bubby blister probably played against the st louis cardinals um no wonder they left right like when you got six units that rent for 1200 bucks what athlete that finally made some money wants to live in a six unit for 200 dollars a piece that's crazy all right so bubby bubby blister for round three he had a few good years with the steelers right little sidearm. Yeah. Yeah, Bubby Blister. Yeah. Shout out right.
1: Blister. Wrangle, wrangle it in, boys. Okay? <laughs> Sorry. Let's get, let's get back to the show here. Um, I really, CJ, I really liked your answer there about the wrap, and, and I was leaning towards you, but then you went down this path of, hey, like everyone's got to get their buy box and everything, and I, I felt like you went too specific down this path. I mean, what about the wholesalers out there? I mean, we're talking about, disqualifying sellers and deals there's always a buyer for a two one or even the one one i like eric's answer i'm going to give him the point there um moving on to uh steve do we need to do our uh, our ad here
3: yeah guys so if you guys are ever running ppc ads you know what a headache and nightmare it is to keep up with the latest changes the latest algorithm uh adjustment so i used to run my own ppc campaigns and then i found bateman collective I was relieved to find a PPC partner who actually understands the real estate industry, Our true experts in PPC, makes PPC work. Do what I did. Get a free consultation with Bateman Collective. Go to batemancollective.com slash PTD. So I love it. Uh, one of my editors
1: took uh, one of my answers from last week's PTD and they actually saved my part where I said, my answer is sponsored by Bateman Collective. It's hilarious. Um, let's go, Eric. Question number four, if we have to create a National Association of Wholesalers, who would you want to lead the association?
0: This is, uh, so I don't have a name. Um, By all means, if someone uh, matches my description, uh, I'd love to to have it volunteered. But here's what I have down um, as notes that would be important to me. Um, Someone that is, is able to lead. A lot of times I see in like local real estate agencies and things of that sort where it's just the most senior person that um, happened to, you know, put their name in the hat and end up with, with the position, but they don't know how to lead. Um, and what do I mean by leader? So I want someone that has experience in our field. They they bring a, a proven track record. They have credibility um, in this particular business of wholesaling right? I don't think it should be borrowed from uh, standard real estate. It shouldn't be someone that's a lender. It should be someone that has experience in this. And then I think the final two things that we would look for if we ever ed- end up is like advocating for the profession. You look at like the, the, the board of realtors, like they probably spend more money uh, on lobbyists uh, than any other nature of profession to protect um, that industry, I would want someone that that is an advocate for our profession, and then like we talked about last week uh, with Flip with Dick, right? We we would want to have someone that is brings unity to the community. Every single person here generally is involved in some type of education, and we might have a product to sell. Um, and we all get together every week and have a good time, and we support each other for the most part. Um, and I would want someone that that would bring the community together and eliminate. A lot of the B.S. that takes place where people talk down about others in an effort to prop themselves up. That's what I would be looking for as a leader um, of this industry.
1: Well, I think that's the first time anyone's taken three minutes to not give an answer. We appreciate that, Eric. Um, Steve, hopefully you can tell us who you want to lead this new association of wholesalers.
3: So when I was thinking about this, uh, the first person I was kind of thinking was R.J. Bates. But then I was thinking this guy cannot, he has very, very few mad, like tangible social skills and like wow. emotional EQ, right? <laughs> so then I was thinking probably Chris Jefferson, because Chris, he's, he's, he's worn all the different hats. I think he even owned a brokerage for a bit, right? That but he did, really, did. he's really anti-realtor and I think he can't play well in the sandbox, right? And I think there's room for realtors and wholesalers. Uh, so I think looking at it, jerry norian's been talking about this for some time he's passionate and he's done both sides he's done the wholesaling and he's done the realtor thing he's done the owning a brokerage thing i think he sees value in all the different areas i think he can play well i don't think he's you know constantly blasting other industries for no reason whatsoever uh so i think probably jerry Norian, he's been an advocate uh for wholesaling for quite some time that's probably who, who I would, uh suggest
1: you know, that was an interesting strategy. You could have just said Jerry Norton, but instead you looked right at the judge, said his <laughs> name, and then said he would suck. No. Interesting strategy. Uh, well, CJ, I thought you first. You were my first first thought. I appreciate that. CJ, what about you?
2: Uh, I mean, look, this thing has been attempted a couple of times. I think Jerry's been working on this for a little while. Uh, I think he's gotten a quarter of a mile with the efforts, right? Right. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is at this point, trying to get an entire industry of, uh, you know, they call us the industry misfits, right? I I think it would be incredibly difficult. I think it'd be a tall task. I think it would take somebody with some, you know, uh, connectivity, some leadership. Uh, my first thought I think is, is Leon G Barnes, All right? Shout out to Leon. The reason I'm going to say Leon is, uh, this guy's always in a suit for whatever reason, right? (laughs) Uh, he's, he's going to need you know he's gonna need one of those, right? To go up to Capitol Hill and, and try to lobby to get something done. Uh, you know he's he's always like very friendly. Uh, you know people like that sometimes make me a little bit nervous, right? Like sometimes I'm like like why is this guy always friendly, right? Why is he always being nice? I think that's something that's really important for the job. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna give it to to Leon G. Barnes. I think I'd hand him the baton and say hey go deal with this shit down at Capitol Hill. See what you can get done. CJ, you might have been absent the week that
1: Leon expressed to all of us that he loves studying serial killers. That's why he's always <laughs> so friendly. He's okay, ordering you in.
2: No, it all um, makes sense. No, it all makes sense. He is yeah.
4: incredibly well informed all the time. <laughs>
1: yes. Uh, Mr. Fetterman, what about you?
4: I was actually, that's my answer. As soon as <laughs> Fetterman's done with his time in the Senate, I would love to be in an organization where he leads because I'm with CJ. If they got a national association of wholesalers, it's a bunch of cowboys. It's a bunch of misfits. It would be like herding cats and he would be great (laughs) at it. And then I think he'd also be open to bribery. So I think those with some cash could also hook ourselves up. So Fetterman's my answer.
1: <laughs> I love y'all's debates. As soon as they would now
0: doggy. be an appropriate time for me to offer up my
2: next.
4: <laughs> Boy, don't me. you? So, if we start this federation or what? What's it called?
3: Association. Association. It's, not, it's, not, it's not a new term, yeah. Jimmy.
4: Do you think it's going to kill opportunity for the newbies? Because it's going to, it's going to it increase the barrier to entry.
3: Have you noticed? Have you ever thought, Isn't man? The National Association of Realtors have made it really hard to become a realtor.
0: No, not at all.
3: Exactly. But it has created a barrier. A to,
0: it has created a barrier <laughs> to entry. Yeah,
3: well, that's money. fine. Uh, is that that barrier to entry is waking up? Like- I mean, what I
4: love about wholesaling is that anybody, anywhere, anytime can just get after it, and so I I love that about wholesaling. And so even have to go through a brain-numbing course like you do to have to become a realtor. It just it takes some of the shine off it for me.
3: Yeah, the only restriction is you have to have like a very serious felony conviction. Like, listen, I'm, I'm all for the realtors. But also there are a lot of really bad ones out there. Like the only thing that stops you from becoming a licensed realtor is you have to have a really bad conviction.
4: Dude, my realtor coerce I was constantly getting threatened to get kicked out of it. It was it was hell on earth. Like that so, mind numbing time. Jimmy, that
3: might be more reflection upon well, you than it is about. No, the,
0: the, that's the yeah, uh, that was just social distancing.
3: <laughs> did you,
2: did you, I don't think being a
3: wholesaler should have
2: a, a background check. All right. I think that'd be pretty lame. Uh, I mean, let's face it, right? Like wholesalers, we're doing the work that nobody else wants to do. Like straight up. And, and we keep the economy moving when it comes to real estate. Um yeah I mean but the association is
3: different than regulation right like just because there's National Association of Realtors doesn't mean it's a regulated industry those are two different things
2: sure sure but if I if when I think of the National Association of Realtors you know like when I when I heard you talking just now you know like whose course would they take like what are they going to take RJ Bates's course Eric Brewer's course my course your course they're going to go to Jimmy's when I go to when his houses in in St. Louis and take a course with him you know <laughs>
3: How, how do you even figure out what the the the, the information is that one's got to take
0: the law i, I don't maybe? think it's
3: necessarily the the the, the, the course part right because again that that's the regulatory part it's just someone advocating on our behalf on capitol hill do like, so you think this things.
4: industry has that type of scratch like no. i'm getting nervous just thinking about it where the national association of realtors i they have that type of scratch to lobby and you know cash
2: wholesalers do not have the sort of community approach with each other that that like realtors have, for example. Like That's
0: kind of the idea, But right? Like, Wouldn't that be a, a better fit well, of... It hasn't worked. Like, worked.
4: Berkshire Hathaway is a publicly traded company and they have some cash to burn to lobby and do
3: that type of thing.
2: Jerry was trying to do this years ago. What happened?
3: I think he's still knows? trying.
2: Well, I mean, last time I, when I first heard about
3: it, I think it was like six years ago. RJ Seven is the one minutes. that's interviewing him. RJ, why don't you give us, get us at the speed.
1: As far as I know, I believe Jerry is still marching down the path to get this
2: established. And how much money has this panel? I
3: haven't, I've, I've given
2: zero towards it. So how much has this panel contributed towards the effort? Zero. dollars. Well, no. if, 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 if we value
3: my influence millions.
2: I think that's Jimmy and I's point, right? Like rounding up a whole bunch of wholesalers to, to try to accomplish this. It's going to take an insane amount of money to do I, Jerry's got a lot of cheese. I don't think he's got that much cheese, right? Like that's going to take a monumental amount of money to be able to try to accomplish. I don't see it happening. I think it's a great hypothetical thought. We would have a
4: lot more fun than a realtor convention, but I don't think we'd get much more done.
0: Before we run out of time uh, for this round, (laughs) I'm going to go with, and this is my favorite so far, RJ, pay close attention. Country music star, Billy Ray virus, <laughs> Billy, Billy Ray virus. Y'all, um, looking forward to the Christmas album, Billy, and uh, can't wait. Uh, love the holidays, Eric. Can you please post your
1: doodles and tag me today? You got so, it. I'll tag thank you. you. So, in this round, um, it reminded me of something that we do here at our office. We have a quote board where we completely leave out the context. And the guy that showed up with a cold sore on his lip, he said, the thing I love about wholesaling, see, we would leave that part out and we would start the quote right here. It's anywhere, anytime, baby. That would be Jimmy's quote. We see that with your cold sore on your lip, Jimmy. We see that, buddy. We <laughs> can just um, hammer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, point goes to CJ. Um, I thought his answer of Leon was, was solid. And then also the points he made Following that. Eric, keep up the laughing. We'll take your point away. All right? What's We'll to answer?
0: Jimmy, he got, credit. he got credit, but no point. <laughs> he led you right <laughs> down a path there. Yeah, Jimmy, yeah. love it. Quote, yeah. and Jimmy was all pumped up, and then he gave the point <laughs> to CJ. Jimmy's answer
1: sucked. All right, question number five. About? My Benjamin, answer was great, was RJ. Awesome. Hey, question number five. Okay, CJ, you ready?
2: Yeah. With
1: the Arizona Diamondbacks and – my texas rangers that's right baby playing in the world series you gotta go the game zero chance to win the world series at the beginning of the season how can entrepreneurs who come from a poor background change their generational future despite the odds being against them cj
2: yeah i think the first things first is just recognizing that your financial situation or quote-unquote being poor uh isn't a real limitation uh, the only limitation to me in doing what we've done uh, is self. So, you know, with a bit of determination, with a bit of real effort, uh, with some patience, uh, I think that regardless of your economic background, especially if you come from one of poverty, I think, I think you actually have a leg up. I think you have less expectations than other people. I think you have less pressures uh, than other, other people. Uh, you, you don't have as much, you know, keeping up with the Joneses to do. Uh, as so many people often do uh, so I don't see it as a as a bad thing I don't see it as a hurdle really either I, I I see it as an opportunity and a big one uh if you could be intentional and and be determined to put some effort forward okay
1: um Jimmy on this one what I want you to answer is is how can they change their generational future despite the odds being against them unlike whatever cj just said. <laughs>
4: I kind of like CJ's answer, but um, where you start doesn't matter. Uh, What's going through my mind when I saw that picture was my my favorite Jocko video uh, about good. Like as long as you're still breathing, as long as you can still get up, you got to fight in the game. And so wherever you start, and like I just said on the last answer, the greatest thing about wholesaling is anybody, any place, any time can get in this game and follow a few principles, a few be an honest person, a few... Uh, business disciplines and you can change uh, generational wealth for you and your family. That's the, that's why wholesaling to me is so much fun.
1: Jimmy said, I'm doubling down on the anyone, anywhere, anytime. (laughs) (laughs) Eric, what about you? Uh, Yeah,
0: I think um, a couple things come to mind. Uh, Belief, right? I think our background or where we come from or where we grow up, Um, can have as much influence as we allow it to, both positive and negative. I think if you look at some of the people, uh, a friend of mine is a huge Elon Musk fan, and he was talking about Elon Musk and how his father was just a bastard, like literally maybe one of the meanest humans ever alive. And it's created this just unrealistic work ethic that Elon Musk has. And the guy just, he sleeps on the factory floor. He works. He's never happy. And... Some of the most extraordinary accomplishments of humans in the United States and all over the world were born from horrible circumstances and backgrounds. And the real thing that those people had, and the same thing that these two teams had, was a belief that they weren't attached or handcuffed to that background, that they were destined for greatness and had it inside of them, regardless of the circumstances. And then they took that belief and they carried it over to their daily actions. And it turns out, um, that they were capable of everything they dreamed of.
3: Like that. Steve, what about you? Uh, I think the answer is pretty simple, but really difficult to execute. And it's just changing what's between your ears, right? It's the mindset. It's the a lot like what Eric said, the belief component, right? Because you have a lower set of expectations. So you think this is the <clears throat> way to go. But there's a lot of opportunity if you can change your mindset. Uh, sp- specifically, if you look at most people that have normal upbringings they don't have terrible lives and so they'll just follow the traditional path they'll go to school go to college get a job and work for for a very very long time it's when you it's when life sucks that you want to do something about it i want to change my family legacy right so i think first it's changing the mindset it's that you have this adversity that causes you want to change what's going on not just for you but for everyone around you and people that come along after you and This is a really simple answer this part is just all the information and knowledge is already out there available right between youtube podcasts and this and that once they can get past that mindset following what they see online you can get really far with just free information so i think i think that's those are the steps you got to take it's the
4: greatest (laughs) country in the world rj it's the greatest industry in the world you put your mind to it you can do anything
3: glorious (laughs) anyone (laughs) anywhere
2: so a couple, a couple of things real quick, right? I, I think where you start does matter, right? Everybody's not starting at the same spot. Uh, but more importantly than anything, like you got to identify what Lego blocks you got, right? If you want to go build something, uh, first and foremost, everybody isn't starting at the same spot. So take inventory of what label, Lego blocks do you got to build with right now? And what which blocks are you missing? to do what it is that you want to accomplish, right? Like if you want generational wealth and you want to own property and all these different things, well, it's going to take some money to do that. Right. And so error that I see a lot of people make is they come into this business from a poor background and their, their intent is generational wealth. And so they go straight for trying to acquire property and hold it. They go straight for trying to do fix and flip because they think that's going to make them money. I think why Jimmy's probably so passionate about wholesaling is like I am right. Is wholesaling creates cash for you fast. And if you want to build a portfolio, right, uh, it takes a lot of money to do so. Everybody's favorite number, we ask them how many units they want is 100 units. Uh, newsflash, I don't know if anybody realizes this or not, 100 units isn't shit. Like, It's not a lot of property, right? And if you got 100 doors, it's not going to be making you a ton of money either. Certainly not generational wealth, right? Unless you're buying and appreciating markets, like I mentioned earlier, right? That, are, that have density, right? Uh, and a couple of those other things that I said, but ultimately, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That that's kind of my perspective on that. But I think everybody has an opportunity, not at the same spot.
4: And then Jerry Norton and Jason Medley helped me out on this a lot. Like Jerry Norton was, I like I asked him, like, who should be buying assets? And he's like, people who have a cash machine. And then I was like, who should be wholesaling? He's like, people who don't have a cash machine. And then you know, Medley calls it passive income comes after hyperactive, active income. But I do think there needs to be a separation. Like, you start wholesaling to create your cash machine. Once your cash machine's built and running and secured, then you start acquiring assets to build the long-term wealth.
2: But you don't get rid of your cash machine and go start building long-term wealth. You keep no,
4: a cash right. machine's too fun. How, how yeah. could you ever get rid of that?
2: But that's what most people do, right, Jimmy, is they start out wholesaling. I, I made this mistake myself before, right? Yeah. They start out wholesaling, get a little bit of money, then they start trying to go do any and everything else. When you don't, you should never get off your cash machine. You should only add to that
4: yeah especially yeah because in my world with the w2 investor they're like oh my god I want to get 10 rentals and quit my job and I'm like no (laughs) way bro not a chance like you have a w2 you have a cash machine you got to ride that thing for as long as it'll it'll put out for you
0: pause sorry
1: and that's
4: kind of how I got this situation on my lip though
1: yeah (laughs) i was gonna say I mean there's no better way to end this question than another quote Famous oh, Jimmy, last words. Get
0: a cover from, ball for you, Eric. Hit it. Famous last words from uh, Eagles great Donovan
1: McScab. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. Uh, all right. Uh, point for question number five is going to go for Jimmy. Jimmy came on strong there after during the little debate. I really like that. And the, the Jason Medley quotes. Those are those were really good. Love that. Um, all right. Question number six. With inventory still seeming low, one of CJ's favorite topics, would you recommend someone buy a new build with the risk of it being built in a rushed manner with defects to meet demand or an older built home? With them? Im- yeah, there you go. There's a question, Jimmy. Uh,
4: to live in or as an investment? Yeah, to live in. Um, I don't like new houses. I don't like how they aesthetically appear. Like, I live in a 100-year-old house. I like... Things were built solid back in the day, so I'll take uh, uh, I'll take a a nice rehab any day, and then I just new houses. I don't I don't like their aesthetic appeal, and then I they're built so fast. I don't I don't know if they're going to last the test of time.
1: All right, what about you, Eric?
0: A couple different things working here. Um, what I don't love about new construction is um, generally the price is is going to be on the higher end. Uh, You can go find an older home. Maybe it's renovated. Maybe it's in good shape, um, probably at or near the median price for your area. So I worry about new construction when it comes uh, to budget, value. Um, That's probably the first place where you're going to see dips. If you buy a $600,000 new construction in an area that has a median price of 400, you're generally going to see that top end dip um, before the middle is. So I think there's a lot more risk with new construction in regards to uh, the price that you pay and possible value uh, if and when the market slows back or pulls back a little bit my vote would be
1: for the older home love it um steve this is your opportunity i think in all of the times i've ever hosted you've never gotten a point so let's really buckle down and focus here okay
3: <laughs> okay good well, i'm not gonna get point on this one for sure so um i would say it the it's the wrong question being asked right and i think that's the problem it's or should i buy this or that really it's what can you afford how long you plan to stay in there right mm-hmm. i think uh how far are you willing to drive uh there are so many factors that go into buying a home it's not just i want a newer home or an older home it comes yeah. down to affordability if you figure it comes down to how soon you want to buy again how soon you plan to buy and sell there's so many factors here i don't think you can just say you know it can just boil down uh to, to one or the other but right now I guess if there's in in a vacuum which is one of those two I'll go with a new book because they can buy down your rate but I I think this is just an oversimplification if you're looking to buy a house there's way too many considerations besides new build or or an older home agreed what about you CJ
2: yeah I think Steve's right that there's a lot of variables at play but like if we just remove some of those for a second uh you buy new and there's a reason that new still continues to thrive generally in certain markets especially like what we're experiencing right now Uh, They've got buyer incentives uh, that most home flippers can't match uh, because they're building on production. More importantly, when you buy new, you're escaping a lot of deferred maintenance. Uh, Sometimes I think people mistake older renovations for being new homes. They're not new homes. They're older properties that have been renovated, right? So there's a lot of deferred maintenance that still takes place on an older home. Most people that are buying properties financially are not in a position to be able to absorb maintenance over the years on a lot of these properties, which is why they start to run into disrepair. We've all bought properties where they were renovated five, six, seven years ago, and now it's beat the hell up again because the person couldn't afford to keep up the deferred maintenance on the property. So I think the best bet for sure, especially in our current market is to buy new. And I'm saying that as somebody who renovates houses, right? But I definitely think that makes more sense.
3: I think the right answer is whatever RJ says hey listen
1: honestly on this i think it's uh it's important for us to understand with the inventory being low the um, importance of the new construction that is needed uh but doing it the right way and we this is a pretty uh hot topic on this show about the inventory levels i mean i guess since we kind of all agree open up the the conversation a little bit about the the importance of investors doing these new constructions the right way? Is there something that could be done to make kind of eliminate this even being a question where we're saying, hey, these new builds are not built to the same standards as houses built in the
3: 60s, 70s, 80s. Why is this even a conversation? I mean, it comes down to I think uh, uh, we, we are, for better or for worse, we're a capitalistic society, right? Like a builder is building a house for maximum profit. They're not building this for long term durability. They're not building this property so that you know that like you can live in this house for the next 30 years. They're looking at what is a house that I can build for the lowest cost that someone's willing to pay the most amount for. So, right, I mean, on.
2: Steve, I mean, look, I'm a builder, right? I've built a lot of houses over the last few years. Look, builders are playing the same game that we're playing as renovators. Mm-hmm. Let's not let's not act like people aren't renovating houses and trying to source and find the the most inexpensive materials as possible. But that goes back to the
3: profit. Say it again, but that goes back to what I'm saying. Like they're trying to build it for the lowest cost so they can get the maximum. But that's
2: that's builders and people who renovate properties. We everybody does that.
3: I agree. Like that's
2: the process. So it's not it's not like if you buy an older renovated home, like somehow you're going to have better quality materials. There's going to be instances where that's true just like there's going to be instances where you buy from a builder who cares more about the quality, the durability, the type of products that they're putting in the property. You just got to do your research on who you're buying from, whether it's a fix and flipper or whether it's a, uh, I don't know, but question a what,
3: why is this happening?
4: Well, I think I'm with CJ a little bit. I think we also have old salty bastard bias where we're like back in my day, we did everything properly and all these new sons of bitches, like they don't do anything right. So, to say all new construction probably isn't done as well i i think that's a a bold statement
0: i don't think that's what he said what he said was anybody that's building homes is doing it for profit and anytime you're doing it for profit there's a balance of quality and margin they're not just saying i'm going to build the best house regardless of price
4: but like so, the dude in the 60s buying houses he was working on for a profit too
0: yeah but right, they but- didn't have the same access to cheap materials they had mortar and brick and stone <laughs>
3: like right. in the there's 20s why... they
0: couldn't the building yeah, materials there's a reason have been why built... if you
3: can build have you really looked at a house where they say like yeah this was the build like you look at this whole subdivision right and then there's a one house that the developer built for him and his family like that's the house we all want because we know everything was measured twice three times you know the tile you could just roll a marble down the whole house on that it's, tile. Called a
2: custom, it's called a custom home
3: a custom home built for him is that a customer well, custom he, he owns the
2: company owns the dirt right right yeah i'm well, gonna defend the way you guys defend realtors <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: all right um on this one i'm i am gonna go with steve i i thought steve had a, a great what? answer yeah I, listen I, I think congratulations
4: was, uh, steve your first point you. ever
1: there's, there's too it. many variables to be able to say one way or another. And, and I think it opened up you know conversation and thought more about why this is even a conversation uh, before we announce our winner and, and get out of here. I want to say um, shout out to you guys for watching. Um, our watch count almost stayed identical. Uh, that means you guys stayed on here for all 50 minutes that we've been live. We really appreciate that. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Okay, because we're trying to grow this part of the disruption channel from scratch. uh, And we need the support of you guys. If you could share this video out there to your following, it would be very much appreciated. Um, Today's winner somehow is Jimmy Vreeland, cold sore and all. Jimmy, sign off. Tell the people what you think about today's episode. You know, sometimes when you're down
4: on the mat, you got a cold sore. You don't even know if you want to get up in the morning. You don't even know if you want to see anybody. You just want to lay in bed all day. Just remember, you got to dig deep. Other people have cold sores. They can't hide them all. They got There's medicine out there for that. So you get out there, you get your ass up, and you do what you got to do that day, cold sore or no.
1: Man, that is one hell of a victory speech right there, <laughs> Eric, what about you, man? Say goodbye to the people. Gene-
0: Jimmy's a real cream player. I mean, a team player. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, before I get to that last, because I want to make sure I get this in, um, in the spirit of Wu Trang, the Wu Trang clan, I want to do a little uh, shout out to Infect the Deck um, for Jimmy's infection that he has on his lip. And Wu Tang, we're going to go Infect the Deck. Uh, listen, today was like a calm. Uh, very minimal debate. Nobody really got too excited. Uh, Oddly enough, CJ got really defensive on the builder thing. Not sure where that came from, Um, but uh, he got really, his back squared up, uh, the hair stood (laughs) up on the back of his neck, and he really got excited about the builder thing. So I'm going to dig into that and probably uh, twist that a little bit more as the, the weeks go by. But I had fun today. RJ, I think you did a great job. I can't believe how you bite your tongue. He sits through all the answers and he has this discipline of not Cutting people off or speaking over people, and uh, I notice how much more attention he pays than Potter, which I respect a lot. But I had fun.
1: Uh, <laughs> see you. Thank you, Eric. That was very kind. I think You're it's welcome. because last week during my birthday, you said if I could give RJ one thing, it would be patience. So thank you for giving me patience, Eric. Uh, Steve, did looking. you
4: ever watch the McGolfin group on Saturday Night Live when we were growing up? The guy wins
1: one <laughs> show and now
4: he just bulldogs everybody at CJ <laughs> what, what is happening, right? You know, now? Like, have you guys ever watched that? Like the McGulffin show, and he's like, hey, stop being so lippy. But, <laughs> but he's like, no, wrong. Like, dude, you gotta let me judge one show.
1: All
4: It'll right. be awesome.
1: All right. That's the audience great. will love it.
2: Sounds uh, like a C-spin Steve, show.
1: Can you say <laughs> goodbye to the people?
3: uh so I want to apologize I uh Eric makes a great point here as well uh RJ did demonstrate some strong emotional intelligence so I apologize for that uh we do help people close more sales so go to closemoresales.com to figure out more <laughs> about that uh last time Jimmy was here we figured out what his hot button was and it was anytime you compare him to our our, our honorable Senator uh John Fetterman right so we figured that's his hot button and now we know Chris's hot button is builders. We're gonna again. I'm with Eric. We're gonna figure out what this okay. is. But you know, he he can come out here with the with the open houses and the Kroger trays. We're gonna figure out what's going on here with the builders. situation.
0: That's the right. selfie he posted last week. It must have been with two guys that sit on the National Builders Association.
3: There it yeah. is. They're National the, Home Builders. The, Nahb. The, that's, the, that's the one, right? Down,
2: down, They're on the yeah. local.
1: Okay. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to uh, spill this or not, but Eric, actually, I just got a, a text and I'll let you ponder on this if you want to add anything to it before we sign off, because we're a little bit early, actually. Um, word on the streets is is that Jimmy's cold sore actually come, came from his uh, one night he spent with Nancy Pelosi. So oh, I mean, you think about that. Um, yeah. CJ say goodbye to the people.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm out, it's been real. Uh, starting flipping deals.com. We got a class tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. I'll see you there. It's good to see all you guys. Congrats, Jimmy, uh, RJ. Uh, fair job. I like the new uh poster in the back, uh, as well. You, you keep finding these little knickknacks, uh, to, <laughs> to hang up. Uh, so good for you. Uh, your background, no, I mean, aesthetic in the background is really starting to come together. Uh, so congrats on that. It's good to see all of you. Much love.
1: All right. Uh, Eric, you want to add anything before we sign off or are you good? No, I've done. I was going to do Lip Van Winkle, but I feel
0: like it's. <laughs> <just after>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll say I think it's going to be around for next week. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll we'll save it. Uh, I have a couple other ones, but uh, yeah. Oh,
3: this is, proof. is this proof that Eric can multitask? Or this is just the reason why he did so poorly. It's one of these two things. It's, there you it's, go. It's, it's I had fun. Thing. That's all
1: that matters. There you go. Congrats, Lip Van Winkle, on your <laughs> victory. Appreciate it, fellas. Thank you. Uh, guys, we had fun. Tune in next week. We appreciate you.